Welcome to the Invincible Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about Invincible, Episode 2, Here Goes Nothing. Where are the Guardians of the Globe? There's been no sign of the iconic heroes for over a week, leaving the local champions to pick up the slack. Welcome back, boys and girls. Yes, we are here talking about Invincible on the Invincible podcast. We're talking about Invincible episode two. Here goes nothing exclusively available on Amazon Prime. And yeah, that was an episode. Absolutely. We're not paid to say on Amazon Prime, though. No, so, we're not. I just it, it was it was literally on the script in front of me, and I was just reading it. <laughs> I'm I'm really gonna try hard to not put things in the script that yeah. you just read. I am Anchorman. I literally am Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman? <laughs> no, Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. I am Ron Burgundy. Available on Amazon Prime. See, I'm doing it again. This is there. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. Uh, you've heard just heard Chris there. Uh, we're the two hosts for the Invincible Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. Uh, going straight into our discussion about the second episode of Invincible, the new animated series from Robert Kirkman on Amazon Prime. See, now I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. See, it's just written right in front of you. You have to. We hope you've been enjoying what you've been hearing. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on tvpodcastindustries.com or search, well, hopefully by this stage, Invincible Podcast uh, or TV Podcast Industries. And hopefully you'll pick up the podcast and be with us each week or each time we put out an episode for our discussions on Invincible. Yes, if you'd like to support us and help keep our producer in caffeine, the mm-hmm. hamsters in the wheel, keeping the servers running and the podcasting engines going, you can head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries. And just for a dollar, we can drip feed Derek with caffeine right into his veins mm-hmm. as he produces and edits this show after I just go and take it. I don't know. I, I'm not really good. I, I Again, I'm off script here. This is the problem. Uh-huh. Well, with, uh, what, five episodes, I think, coming out this week on TV Podcast Industries, I will need that caffeine. So uh, thank you so much to all of you who've been supporting us on Patreon as well. Uh, let's get straight into this episode. Uh, once again, uh, I'm going to call it out every week because uh, I love the fact that it's, it's mentioned right up front. Uh, Invincible, created by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley. This episode written by Simon Rakiopa, another executive producer and showrunner for Invincible. So uh, alongside Robert Kirkman, he is one of the showrunners for the show. Uh, This episode directed by Jeff Allen, who has done work on Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Assemble to similar in style, I think, uh, animations um, for for this, uh, but not similar in tone or content uh, to this show. Yeah, and definitely a lot more red in the color palette. Well, Spider-Man's in Ultimate Spider-Man, and lots of Spider-Men are, and Spider-People are in that. They, a lot of them have red costumes, but a, a different type of red, different shade. Yes, this is this is a different shade <laughs> and more fluid. Absolutely. Chris, do you want to give us the synopsis for this episode? Sure. With his father out of action, Mark struggles to defend the city against an interdimensional invasion, joining forces with a team of teenage superheroes. That's pretty much what goes on in this episode. Another uh, another very simple uh, description of what goes on, but pretty much everything that happens uh, in this hour-long episode, right? Yeah, again, like, it's weird. It's an hour long. It feels like an hour long, but at the same time, 
like when you break it down to the bare kind of part, you're like, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. It's the bits in between that matter, though. Exactly, exactly. We're going to discuss it as we did last time with our overall impression of the story and then some of the big moments from the episode that we want to talk about. Uh, the story, this episode, I, I really found this quite refreshing from being a comic book fan and being a fan of, of comic book TV shows and comic book movies. This idea of having a repeated alien attack over and over again on this planet that they want to conquer. I love it. I absolutely love it. The amount of times you watch a movie or a TV show where the villain gets beaten down and walks away and doesn't come back with the exact same plan, slightly tweaked to take account of what the heroes have done to beat them is just, it's so regular. It's such a trope in, in, in its own way. What I love here is just they have the three attacks from the aliens. They come in, they're defeated by old age because time moves differently on Earth. So they come back decades later with these bracelets that allow them to to age uh, at the same rate as they do at home then the bracelets get broken and then they come back to attack again and basically the team go we are screwed here <laughs> they've they've taken more decades to come up with a plan that will beat all of us instantly so i love that idea i think that's really really refreshing as a as a concept for the show yeah and that was that's a, so that's one of the this comes again straight rip from the comic books mm. and these aliens do, do the interdimensional aliens come back and forth i the fun part is it's that it's the the trope of well why don't they just fix that one problem that stopped them losing last time and exactly. they do and <laughs> it's only from the 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 saving of omni-man the the most powerful man in the universe mm-hmm that is able to kind of essentially save Earth here. Um, what I did like, and there's a, you'll kind of see it, is the, the chief uh, bad guy mm-hmm. of this aliens. He's the one kind of leading the charge towards the end, and they put him in the, the, the kind of, he has the regal crown and yep. the cape in the second attack, and then the third he's essentially in his super suit exactly the very Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor. Luthor. yeah <laughs> absolutely exactly what I thought yeah uh, that's the that's the Martian Emperor yes and if I read my credits correctly that's uh, that's played by uh, Digimon Hanso uh, yeah. a very famous actor and uh, no English speaking in in the role and <laughs> you know no. genuinely when you know who it is and you hear the voice you go I recognize him from Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, from Captain Marvel I recognize that voice um obviously a very famous actor uh, for Amistad and Gladiator as well so uh, so it, it's quite a recognizable voice once again but another big heavy hitter to have on the show here uh, in a in a role that doesn't really have um any discernible um vocals <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And we are also introduced to, say, for example, Cecil in this episode. Mm-hmm. And he is voiced by none other than Walter Goggins in mm-hmm. this. And you'll, you'll know Walter from like the Shields, Sons of Anarchy, Justified. Yeah. As soon as you hear that voice, you're like, Oh my God, they got him. And again, yeah. it's just this constant, they, they either did they, well. I suppose that you, when you got Jeff Bezos, when you got Amazon money, you can kind of just go to everyone and go, "How much do you want for this?" Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, a dump truck, two dump trucks, sure. Here's two dump trucks of money. Just back them up to your house. It's fine. 
five hours of work and I can sit in my pants and uh, record at home. Exactly. Yeah, no problem at all. <laughs> absolutely. I, I absolutely love you. Kind of mentioned it there, Chris, as well. Just I love how the finale of this attack happens, how it all closes off. We have uh, the new team, which we'll talk about in a minute, the new yes. kind of teen titans, uh, <clears throat> trademark DC. Uh, we, we have uh, those kids trying to do the new fight since we've lost the Guardians of the Globe with, uh, with Mark. Mark, Again, being very powerful as, as, as he's fighting against the aliens does repel them and the team repel them twice. But in this final moment, when Omni-Man comes back after coming out of his coma and takes the fight back to their home world through one of the portals and effectively incinerates, exterminates and eviscerates this entire planet is another moment where it feels shocking. It feels like. Okay, so he's really that bad, is he? Is he that bad where he's going, this planet's not for you? Um, <laughs> pushing them back to their home planet. Like, I think the final moment you see of Omni-Man in their universe, he's there for a few, uh, maybe years, destroying them all because he grows a full-on beard. That's the indication of passage of time. Of course, um, that's how it works. But, but he, he I, the passage of time of me growing a beard would probably be a 20, 30 years uh, up there. <laughs> Not so much you, Chris. You're about a week, right? Yeah, uh, I, sometimes two days. But, we'll see. <laughs> but we see Omni-Man holding a massive, uh, may, maybe meteorite almost, a massive amount of rock over this planet with some huddled masses below him as he drops the rock onto the planet, effectively destroying this civilization before he comes back to Earth. He's absolutely saying don't you dare come to my planet and try and take it back and try and uh, conquer it for your species, which if you kind of tie that into our conversation in the last episode, the fact that he is an alien who's taken on uh, earth as his home uh, planet and he's never the protector of earth may mean something else uh, is where my idea is going. Cause I, again, haven't read all the comic books, but it may mean something else uh, in Omni man's head when he says this planet's not for you to take. Um, so I'm intrigued by how that storyline may plan out, but it, it did seem a massive step to take to go and uh, annihilate a race that was coming to your planet, not just yeah. seal off their uh, ability to teleport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he essentially commits genocide. Mm hmm. Like you see him hit mock speed as he flies and he destroys multiple cities and you're like, okay, he's just destroying a city or that that's the army base. And then it pans out and you see him destroy a continent worth of cities yep. and a space station. And then the, you, as you said, it correctly said, it's basically, he's holding an Island above his head. Mm -hmm. It's very Superman-esque kind of like lifting I thought you can kind of like, oh, he's lifting the, the content to say, no, no, no. He's threatening the scientists below him. Mm -hmm. And you see perhaps a kind of evil streak within Omni-Man here. Mm -hmm. You see a very malicious kind of potentially per person, especially yeah. what we know from why he was recovering. He has, just remember, he has just killed the Guardians of the Globe. Absolutely. And is telling people, he doesn't know what happened. He was yep. attacked. Yep. So he's lying. Or Question is why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it just seems the brutality is, is what's surprising here. What I, I, on the other side of it, we do hear uh, some of the kind of totals of people who've been killed uh, in the initial attacks as well, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. You know, again, if you had something like the Avengers with the attack on New York, it's like, you know, they cleared the streets. So uh, so when the aliens attacked, nobody really dies. And it was just 
property damage so that's fine whereas here we see this initial battle with the uh with the superhero crew uh and mark at uh, 338 people died in that initial attack like that's the initial one when they arrived and died within 10 minutes you know uh, how many more people are being wiped out as the as this race come in and, and march into the city you know uh, i thought that was that was really interesting and um, that that there's so much destruction uh going on from from these uh from uh, from all of these battles i suppose so it's a real kind of uh stakes here not not like the uh standard cartoon of um of don't worry nobody's getting hurt your superheroes will save you yeah and so this is one of the reasons i do love invincible as a comic book there was never that golden halo of no one is dying Mm -hmm. like you basically when an alien attacks new york city or the main city they they're opening portals and they are shooting people are going to die yeah the the other amazing bit is the old lady dolores that Invincible tries to save, and as he is shot from the air, the impact, he is invincible to mm-hmm. a degree. She's not. She's human. So she has gone from him picking her up and trying to save her to essentially he has caused her to, she, that impact has broken multiple bones. Mm-hmm. And you see her leg and her arm are all kind of, oh, like she is like kind of lying it's very prone and still. Yeah. And he gets her to to the GDA's um the facility. Yeah. Yeah. Um but spoiler alert, like towards the end of this episode, we find she's dead. She <laughs> passed away. Yeah. I hope like, you because... watch the full episode before you listen to this podcast. Well, we yeah, we kind of hope that. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But it, you know, again, it's that question for Mark of um, you know, my my dad didn't tell me about these things. He didn't get get the opportunity to train me how you deal with the ones you lose in battle effectively. You know, he uh being a superhero is like going to war. You know, there should be some form of training that he gets other than hop up in the air, this is how you land, and now you can throw things really far you know that's kind of all he's had and he's expected to go out and have these battles you know so uh so another interesting little uh little string to the bow there for mark as well um anything else about the the overall story there chris we've got a couple of more points to talk about but any other uh of that kind of central story of the aliens attacking earth anything else you want to talk about just the one i love is mark's mom in this when mark comes and goes oh my god mom i'm I don't know how to tell you. Dad's in another universe. He flew in to save them. She, oh, that's all. Oh, it's fine. Okay, he'll be back. He will. He'll just be a bit late for dinner. Like, <laughs> and it's that that reaction, which is yeah. If you've been married to, quote, like Omni Man, Superman, analogous, you are mm-hmm. Lois Lane. You're not going to worry every time he gets thrown into an interdimensional portal Absolutely. because he, it's happened so many other times. Yeah, he'll be he. He always gets his way back to you. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's a, another kind of mention back in episode one as well. She uh, when Mark's freaking out about the attack on on the White House, and she responds to him saying, oh, "We probably rebuild the White House twice a year at this stage." You know, so <laughs> yeah. so in this world, uh, especially being married to a superhero, she probably has a lot of experiences that he's never had as well. Uh, good call, Chris. Um, I wanted to just put this into a point. Our next point. Um, just purely because at the end of last episode, I knew the Guardians of the Globe couldn't possibly be alive. But they do this thing at the start of this episode, which makes you think, could they be alive? So, so our next point is really, are the Guardians of the Globe alive? 
and my answer is no, no, they are not. They are absolutely not alive here <laughs> from from the start of this episode. There's an investigation that kicks off into the deaths of the Guardians of the Globe, but I was really interested about what was going on with this new crew, this new team, the GDA, who come in to clear up the bodies uh, of of the uh, of the Guardians and have lots of technology that protects the head and preserves the bodies, but. I presume if they will come back in the future, and I don't know, uh, and I'm not going to ask Chris to spoil that for me, but if they do come back in the future, they're effectively going to be zombies um, of, of some sort, <laughs> where they piece their bodies back together, maybe staple them and reanimate their corpses, because they still look pretty dead uh, after being taken away. But uh, maybe that's how you run a super team. Maybe they're, uh, maybe you uh, piece them together uh, from various parts. Maybe. <laughs> that, that you can make not just one guard. You could make instead of guardians of the globe, you can make the guardian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, that could one work. One guardian but with all of the a body single parts guardian <laughs> out of all the pieces left. Yeah. Um, for those who have not read the comic books, this is a question. Like uh-huh. you, like you do not know what is happening. Um, those who've read the comic books know, and that's the, I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Those who haven't, this is fun. This is them essentially going. Putting a question mark there for you, yeah. going, is this something, etc.? Is this like could they? Because they, they like you said, they they don't say they have a pulse or anything like that, but they they do pick up the body of the, the immortal and kind of pick up the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. yeah, there's not there's also a smush because yeah. I, the best is they the medics vomit mm-hmm. based on the violence and the gore. <laughs> I say I say the best. I just yeah. find it quite funny. They like they like vomit in the show. We we yes. did see that back uh, with Red Rush in, in episode one as well when he uh, when he uh, ran some of the um, the civilians away from White House and everybody starts to vomit and once one starts everybody starts including Red Rush, <laughs> which I thought yeah. was a that was a good little gag as well in, in episode one. Uh, but we're also introducing this scene to uh, to Damien Darkblood as well, a, a really interesting character. It seems like a demon. Um, I was thinking Hellboy mixed with Rorschach from uh, from Watchmen uh, in the way that he speaks. Um, you know, there, there seems to be. The those elements that you had that that are kind of mixed in there and he's an investigator who seems to know a lot more than he's letting on he seems to be able to follow trails that people anybody else can't follow possibly because of the mystic side of him um i really like this because uh mysticism in comics is something that i've always really enjoyed this kind of magic element that this kind of again a hellboy type character is a, is an interesting character to bring into what seems like a straightforward superhero show uh when we started watching it in episode one so uh so having this character come in and kind of uh, be able to see things that other people can't see, I think is a really interesting touch. I love this character. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is exactly who they kind of play on it being. He's essentially a demon who is able to stop himself going back to hell by solving crimes and getting justice. Love it. That's love the thing. It. So he's basically, he doesn't want to go home, so he does this to stop himself going back to hell. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and played by Clancy Brown, uh, another great uh, actor. We we know him from Highlander and uh, Starship Troopers, of course. Uh, I think recently, I think he played uh, Detroit Become Human last year, Chris. Yeah. He was a, a central role in that, the human role uh, in uh, in Detroit Become Human. Or he might be a central role, depending on how you played that game. I think he, he probably is a central role for the whole game. <laughs> it's one of those games that if you get something wrong, a character may disappear forever. Um, but but great to hear his voice in here. I think he's got a really a really strong voice for for this role as well. 
But I really do like his character of Damien Darkwell. I like this idea and, and I like I like what they're doing with him. But does he work for the GDA, this this new organization that we're we learn about in episode two, Chris? Um he kind of is he seems to be working for for them. Cecil and um and Goggins seem to be the ones that are giving him direction or telling him that he has to investigate this. But in general you were saying that he investigates cases to stay out of hell, so is this just another case he's picking up? Yeah, pretty pretty much. He 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 likes to write the wrongs. Think Ghost Rider esque. Okay. There's an element there. He like he writes wrongs mm-hmm. kind of piece. Um, See, now you got me thinking Hulk in the seventies TV show, but uh, that's just me because I'm old. Yeah, well, th- yeah. Except he doesn't have the sad music while walking down the road. Why not? Do, 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 do. <laughs> Maybe you'll get that next episode. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, he the GDA is an interesting one, mm. and it kind of it comes across. If they are playing the way I assume they are playing, similar to the comics, it will come across more and more later. Mm-hmm. The GDA is the government. It is this global government agency that works with all the superhumans yeah. to essentially aid them in their superhumaning, mm-hmm. like <laughs> superheroing, I should say, yeah. as well. It, like it puts them back together. It looks after them to a degree, helps them get around because it by itself knows the government, a single government or multiple governments cannot police the supervillains and cannot be there for kaiju attacks right. and stuff like that. So it works with the superheroes or the superhumans to essentially superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's why Dark Blood is kind of sounds like he's working for them as well. And that's why Cecil as the essentially the, the head of the GDA yeah. is able to do this, right? Right, and and they are. They, I suppose we don't know where anybody stands at the moment as the story goes on. We don't really know who the good and bad people are. We're only two episodes into the show, so having them set a surveillance team on the Grayson household uh, does seem a little bit odd without telling the Graysons as well that there's that they're under surveillance uh, as we see in the post credit scene for for this episode so uh, so yeah I guess we'll learn lots more about the GDA uh, in the in the coming episodes it seemed pretty central to the show yeah yeah talking about new crews everything's new it's only two episodes in but talking about new crews let's talk a quick quickly about uh, Invincible's new super crew that he meets some great characters here on the uh, aptly and appropriately named teen team not very imaginatively named teen team though are they (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a bit on the nose like it really is yeah um to to everything like they are even live in a big tower um uh, they live in a bridge that is their secret base right um bar basically living in a big office block with with the letter t they are Uh essentially the teen titans absolutely um, to the (laughs) guardians of the globe who are the, the the Justice League. Yeah. Um. It's a good introduction. Be- okay, so the Guardians Globes are very like the Justice League. These guys are, in name only, really the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got a guy who can... You've got Rexplode, who is fantastically voiced by Jason Manukas. Um. As soon as I heard him, I was like, okay, that's perfect casting. Right. Um. You then get Duplicate. Um, mm-hmm. which is a great, uh, you've got Robot by, uh, Zachary Quinto, who mm-hmm. I kind, that was one I was, oof, that, that was an interesting choice. Oh, really? Because he, he play he, he plays, it's so, do you remember him in Heroes as Siler? 
I do kind of, but I more remember him as Spock in uh, in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. So I very much saw the logical Spock in that voice that he was doing. It's it's like the perfect voice for a robot. (laughs) It's what it seems like. Uh, And he's the leader of of the crew, it seems, uh, the the robot character. So maybe he's the one that named them uh, the team team with a little imagination. Maybe. (laughs) There's just too much menace in the voice. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just an interesting, it's kind of this, I get, I suppose it's that robotic voice. It's that you're, you, you are, you and are dispassionate what you or. Yeah. Despite, exactly. That's it. <laughs> There's no humanity behind the voice. I didn't know where Chris was going with you are what you eat listeners. So I decided to cut him off uh, halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I, I really like this team. And this, this seems like the team we're probably going to see more of uh, throughout the season. We're probably going to, going to spend more time with this team than we would with, uh, with most other characters uh, as they set up for the show. I suppose uh, it, it feels like these are the, the characters we're going to see. Um, we also have uh, Adam Eve, um, who is one of, uh, Mark's schoolmates, uh, Eve. So, uh, played by Gillian Jacobs, uh, from Community, uh, ably and wonderfully played by her. I love, I love yes. her voice. I think she's really cool. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm really happy that we have her in here. Um, but I, I, again, we have the dynamic that you would see in, in most, uh, in most animated shows. We have a little love interest being introduced for Mark, uh, in episode two here, uh, for a member of the superhero team. But unfortunately, she's taken. Of course. She is with Rex Blood. And that's, <laughs> uh, it's the fun. It's the, uh, you're in love with the new girl, but she's got this a-hole of a boyfriend. So mm. it's this kind of, it's going to be this fun juxtaposition as like Mark is still trying to learn the ropes of being a superhero Absolutely. and going on flights with Adam Eve. Um, as she kind of teaches him not to freeze, but then you're going to get explode essentially rubbing his face in it, calling yeah. him uh iceberg. <laughs> exactly. So you do have, Kind of the jock versus yes. uh, versus the nerd kind of uh, element to uh, to these characters, which I, which is which is always fun uh, to watch in a show, of course, especially when you have uh, the jock character, the person that you don't get on with most in Rexplode, going out with the girl that uh, that he wants to go out with. So I, I kind of like that too. Uh, a good crew, of, a good crew of characters. Um, I suppose good powers, uh, which yes. is what you really want from your from your superhero team. Um, but he does again. He doesn't. He does hold his own here, Mark. You know, he's, he is to just show off his power. He is. He is a very powerful uh, hero, even though he doesn't have the training already. So that's that's quite cool. And we see him go rage monster in the second fight, mm-hmm. where he he essentially he he taps into something and essentially just kind of is able to like yeah, just he he hulks out, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's interesting because as you said, he holds his own, and over time, he he is able to kind of he turns that fight for them. Um, and yeah, like it, he's going to be a good addition to the uh, teen team. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, any any differences from the comic book that you want to call out for the teen team? Anybody uh, anybody changed? Anybody massively different from what we'd see in the comic books? No, nothing. This is essentially the team that we are introduced to in the beginning of the comic books as well, as is. Um, because it's a comic book, I I voiced them potentially different in my brain. Right, right yeah. So they sounded different in my brain. Well, of course. Like They all sound so, like your voice. Well, yeah, but I, I, I put on accents as I do. So, oh, if um, your accents are anything like you're singing, Chris, I can understand oh, that. Oh, God, they were terrible. Like, I'm not even going to lie. 
So Jason Manzukas as Rex Blode mm-hmm. was is more cocky and jockey than I had in my head. Right, right. Um so but I can see as soon as they kind of, as soon as the team started to kind of fight and form together and we got these scenes of the alien battles, I could see it how it worked. It worked perfectly. It yeah. really was. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, that it overall for the episode, the main points about episode two? I think so. Excellent. Any other notes about the episode? Anything we haven't called out? No, not really. It's just, it's, um, this for me was a pivotal, this is a pivotal part of the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this could have been done slightly shorter, maybe. Okay. Um, but I'll talk more about that in my defense. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, just one call out for me because I thought uh, the tie in for episode one I thought was hilarious, um, which is the garbage bag from the Burger Mart when, uh, yes. when Mark discovers that he has powers in episode one, uh, it basically throws a garbage bag into the sky. And probably about a week later, uh, the security guard that we saw from the White House in episode one is now touring Europe. He's over in the, over in the UK, uh, standing outside Buckingham Palace, and the same garbage bag lands on him and his son's head. Yeah. And it's turned into this sweet moment between him and his stepson, where his stepson calls him dad for the first time. I just thought it was a really funny moment uh, to tie it in with that first episode, uh, that this bag could have been possibly traveling around the world a few times before it landed in the UK and happened to land on the head of the security guard. Uh, fun little uh, little touch there it's it's these again these are the little touches that you you can see robert kirkman in Mm -hmm. you can see that humor from the walking dead from invincible the comic books you can see in i say that now we're probably going to turn out it was one of the other writers probably (laughs) (laughs) absolutely well with that chris do you defend invincible episode two here goes nothing yes i do but as I kind of alluded to, um, this is a great introduction to the characters, to the uh, the extended actors within Mark's realm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. It's also an additional interaction and kind of introduction to the ferocity and the violence of Omni Man mm-hmm. um, that we got a taste of in the end of episode one. Um, this potentially could have been shortened. In my mind, slightly. Um, so it kind of then started to, this was the episode, all of episode one, I didn't touch my phone. Mm-hmm. Episode two, I found myself, I didn't actually t- take my phone out and <sighs> open Twitter, but my hand did reach once or twice right. because it just, the pacing slowed a bit. Okay. Um, so it was just, it was interesting for me. I was like, again, there's an element of, Burden of Knowledge, which right. we talk about in a lot of our comic book things where because we know some of the source material, mm-hmm. we think we know where it's going to go. So my assumption was on some of the things, I knew where it was going to go. I'm like, I don't need so, to watch this. I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Right. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, they, 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 they may do something different. So put the phone down. Absolutely. But again, my hand reached. And Derek is going to quiz you if you don't watch the episode. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, do you remember this one bit? And I'm like, no, I no. guess. Yes, I do. <laughs> what do you mean a garbage bag? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's my thoughts. That's Derek, it. do you defend this episode of Invincible episode two? 
I do defend this episode. I really enjoyed this one. As I say, the the feeling of that alien attack being repeated over and over again until they get it right. Brilliant. What a great what a great idea. And the introduction to all these new characters with with some great voice actors behind them. You know, I'm kind of I feel comfortable in the hands of the team now. Uh, you know, we're we had the first episode which gives you that kind of shock. Here you are, you're in this universe now. This is very different from what you thought you were gonna get. And this episode feels much more like, okay, here we are now. Here's all the people that you're going to be watching uh, each episode from here on. I think they did a, a really good job int- introducing them and having that central idea of this uh, wave after wave of alien enemies coming in and uh, fighting until they uh, until they win. But they don't because, um, well, Omni Man is going to commit ges- genocide to anybody who tries to do that kind of stuff <laughs> on his planet, uh, which I, which I thought was really interesting. So, uh, still intrigued, still like the uh, the build up of this mystery with the addition of an investigator, I suppose, somebody that may get to the bottom of it and find out that actually Omni Man was the one that killed um, that killed the uh, the Guardians of the Globe. So, wondering how that will play out if we see that uh, we see that twist, I suppose, as the as yeah. the episodes go on. If if they do learn the truth about Omni Man, what does that do? So, uh, yeah, really like this episode. Fantastic. Excellent. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this has brought us to the end of episode two of our review of episode two or our discussion on episode two. You can head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industry where you can support us and tell us for just a single dollar how much you love us. Or you can head on to any good or evil flying or garbage bag crashing uh, podcast catcher around the globe and subscribe there like and share do all the things leave a review make sure you do subscribe if you want to ensure that you get episode three four five and all the other fantastic shows we are doing like pennyworth over on our gotham podcast feed or over here continue also on our main feed the falcon and the winter soldier which is coming out tomorrow episode two it is fantastic. It airs on Friday, but we record on the Saturday. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, Disney Plus is an amazing show. Mm-hmm. But you can wait right here. And later today, we'll be back with our discussion of episode three of Invincible. Who you call an ugly? <laughs> Excellent. Yes, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. We'll be back with episode three of Invincible later on today. Uh, talk to you next time. Talk to you soon. Keep watching. Keep listening. And... Keep flying through portals. <laughs> but don't commit genocide on the other side. Sorry, yes. Very important. All. Keep watching, keep listening, and keep not committing genocide. Yes, keep not committing genocide. Yes, we there assume, you go. Yeah, we assume yes. that that's where we are. Yes. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time. Bye.